0: Contrary to popular Western church beliefs, we are not all the same. But when you hold that view, then what happens is that you walk around with contempt for the very gifts that Christ left his church in order to help you mature, grow, and equip you for everything God has for you. Hey, welcome to Kingdom Increase with Amanda Hall. I'm Amanda Hall, wife to Rodney, mom to Cecily, and pastor at Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois. Now let's jump into today's conversation, or rather it's not going to be a conversation, it's going to be me ministering uh, the Word of God on this topic that I want to cover today about familiarity breeds um, contempt. And so when I was looking some things up, in the dictionary, it says familiarity breeds contempt is a proverb. And what it means is extensive knowledge of or close association with someone or something leads to a loss of respect for them or it. Let me repeat that again. According to Oxford's dictionary, extensive knowledge of or close association with someone or something leads to a loss of respect for them. Or it, and then also, according to some research that was published in November of 2022, according to psychologists, on average, we like other people less the more we know about them. <laughs> I thought that was funny. On average, according to psychologists and some research published on in November of 2022, on average, we like other people less the more we know about them. And you think ah oh, that's that's not true but actually you'll see this a lot and it's not just in ministry it's not just in the church it's it can often be um in the world and and in the western world and in particular in the western church in America and Canada especially Many believers miss out on so much that God has for them because they don't understand this concept. They have, they hold this view that we're all the same, which actually is not true whatsoever. I don't even know um, why people would actually think that. And therefore, we miss out oftentimes on so much that God has for us. So if you will, if you can, go with me to Matthew chapter 13. I want to look at the same passage, but in Two different Gospels, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 57. And this is Jesus. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. I like how Matthew records that they were deeply offended, right? They took offense, other translations said. They took offense at him. Why? Because, well, this is Jesus, and he's the son of Joseph uh, the carpenter, and Mary's his mom, and we know his brothers, and we know um, his sisters. Um, Mark's recount says this in verse 4 of chapter 6. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere. Oh, wait, let me go up on verse um, 3. Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. And I'm actually going to hit a story later of one of the miracles that Jesus performed that shows the opposite side of that, is that when we honor um, a person for who they are or their position and place of authority, that that actually shows to God great faith. Here it says in these passages that Jesus marveled at their unbelief. He couldn't be- believe how, um, how little faith that they had just because they just knew him, right? Um, as Jesus, and this is an important thing because I've found it for myself, and and I'm, you know, I I see that with people, you know, from, for me, and and they just miss out. Actually, you know. Paul said, I magnify my office. That's what Paul said. I magnify my office. And this is an important thing in the body of Christ, right? Well, just think about it in the world right now in the United States of America in 2023, um, you know, uh, this will m- probably make some people mad, but the reality is, is I honor the office of, of the president of the United States of America, but that man right now that's filling that seat re- deserves no honor, <laughs> You're right? And deserves none, except for the mere fact, though illegally and um, under usurpation, I believe, he sits in the office. That's really the only way that I would honor him. That doesn't mean that if I were to see him in person, I would be disrespectful or, or shout disrespectful things. No, I would honor the fact that he sits in that office, even though it's, I don't believe he rightly sits in that office. Right. But in the body of Christ, we have to understand that like Paul says, I magnify my office. Right. Right. Because that office was given to him and appointed to him by Christ. And we're going to get into that um, a little bit more later. Um, But if you go with me to Matthew chapter 10 now, and let's look at something there. Because this is really important. And I personally, like I said, I see that with people in my own life, right? Um, I'm a people person. And so when Rodney and I started pastoring, And, you know, when we started pastorings, when we stepped into full-time ministry and, um, I, I I like people. So that's, that's just me. And I, I would have people later on, other ministers say, you, you know, you have to be really careful. Um, you want to make sure people hold proper honor of you. Otherwise they can't receive from you, you know? And so I realized that and, and, but I didn't know it then, you know? And so I I didn't take care for that because going back to the study, here's the reality of it. Studies show that on average, we like other people less the more we know about them. And I tend still to be one. I kind of just say, you know, I kind of share probably sometimes more about myself um, than I should. And then the reality is, is that people will lose honor and respect sometimes and then then they cannot receive from the gift that you are um, to the body of Christ. And so for myself, I'm very careful about that with other people um, in the body of Christ. In Romans chapter 13 and verse 7, it says, Give respect to whom respect is due and give honor to whom honor is due. Um, Peter tells us in, I believe, his his first epistle, Peter tells us to respect everyone, right? Right? in the body of Christ, and we should respect everyone. This isn't about um, respect. This isn't about that, you know, the reality is that God loves everyone, but there's a lot of people that God loves that are um, going to spend eternity in hell because they just flat out reject um, Jesus. Amen. But even if they do, I mean, I respect people just because they're people, because they're human, because they're alive, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto to you. I'm kind um to them. You know, I actually just came back, you know from I, I live in a very small rural, rural town so earlier I was out and I stopped at Dollar General to to pick up a couple things and there was a gal in front of me um checking out and she had her dog in there with her and the dog came over to me And she's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I said, No, that's all right. And I petted her little dog. Her dog, you know, was just excited and everything. And um, then she paid for her stuff and walked out. And I I got put my stuff down. I paid for mine and walked out. And as I was walking out, she says to me, Thank you. And I'm like, Thank you. You know, she goes, I I appreciate that. She goes, You were my teacher. And I'm going, I was your teacher. (laughs) And so. We just had a brief conversation i mean it's been um over 20 years um since um i taught uh, at our local high school so i mean my goodness how in the world does she even remember that but i would imagine for the same reason that she said thank you when I walked out because I was kind. I didn't jump on her case about her dog or anything that I was friendly and I was kind. I smiled at her and treated her with respect as I would anybody else, right? People notice that and they, and they honor that. And so we should respect people for the mere fact that they're human beings and they're alive. Amen. And even if they don't live respectable lives, and even if they're not necessarily friendly, kind or respectable to you, that doesn't mean you have to be a jerk. Amen. But in, also the reality is in the body of Christ that there are, is, you know, we are instructed, give honor to whom honor is due. And there's an order, there's an order of authority that the, that the Lord has in his body. God is a God of order, and he understands that things work best when proper order is in place. Amen? And the enemy knows that, too. So that is one of the reasons why oftentimes you'll see bodies of Christ and churches across America. They just really have no authority, no power. They're very ineffective um, where they are for the kingdom of God. They're not winning souls. The people in their church congregations aren't living holy lives. The people in their church congregations aren't joyful, right? Their lives are a mess. They're always in turmoil. They always got chaos going on and all that kind of stuff, because people don't have God's order in place. Amen? In Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 through 42, Jesus says, Anyone who receives you receives me, and anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. So Jesus is teaching here, like there is a proper way to receive a man or woman of God that's been assigned and appointed an office in the body of Christ, right? He also says, if you'll receive a righteous person, then you'll receive a a likewise reward, right? Like I was just saying, we should respect one another in the body of Christ as well as just respecting people. But right, Jesus is teaching here, there is a proper way to receive. He says, if you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, amen? It's real easy that when you get to know someone, and this is why it's so important, because this is something that I look out for, for myself, men and women of God, whom I honor, whom I greatly um, respect. Amen whom I learn from, who I sit under their teaching and their preaching, whom I read their books and I go to their meetings and have their hands laid on me. I honor and respect them. But the reality is, is that you always have to remember to remain humble because it would be really, really easy the more you would get to know that person to not like them as well because then you start nitpicking all their little humannessness human, that is not a word. (laughs) But at any rate, you see what I'm saying, right? You start to pick out every little flaw, you know, because they're under a microscope because they've got more people sitting under them, more people receiving from them, more people who want an impartation from them. Now they're under a microscope where they may be ministering to 300 or 3000 people. Those 300 or 3,000 people aren't sitting under a microscope, but that one man or woman of God is sitting under the microscope of of 600 to 6,000 eyeballs. Amen. (laughs) And if you're not careful, the more you know of a man or woman of God, then the more you're going to dislike them and then you're going to dishonor them and you ain't receiving nothing from them. It's important that you don't allow familiarity to breed contempt. And in particular, in the body of Christ. Amen. The weight of our commissions from God are not the same. You would have to be totally blind or completely stupid to not recognize that. Right. The weight of our commissions from God are not the same. We are not all given the same assignments. Even every person that Jesus assigns to be a pastor, some are going to be pastors over a much larger quantity of people than others, right? Therefore, their commission is not as weighty as someone else's commission. The same way, it doesn't matter if they're apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers, right? But there is a reward that comes that is different When you receive that man or woman of God for their place in the body of Christ, according to the commission they've been given and according to the power of God that's working um, through them, then there is in just receiving another brother or sister in Christ as a brother or sister in Christ, right? Jesus addresses that. When, if you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And... excuse me, if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. That's a little bit different. You receive the same reward as a prophet if you receive that prophet as a man or woman of God who's speaking for God. But if you receive a righteous person because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like those, theirs. It won't be exactly the same, but... um. It will be likened to theirs. Amen. And so the weight of people's commissions are quite different. Go with me to Ephesians um, chapter four. Like, I, you know, I think to myself and I'll hear people speak of men and women of God. And, and years ago, I, you know, to, there are probably times that I was guilty of this. But there are things that I have learned that you just touched you're you you do not touch your mouth to them. Right. Amen. And so I think that's important as something taught, you know, um, in, in even in the Old Testament. Touch not my anointed. That even includes just any man or woman of God in general. You keep your mouth off of off of them. Amen. Don't be so quick. I think that's why Jesus teaches. Why is it that you want to go, you know, Point out the little speck in your brother or sister's eye when you got a big old honkin' log in yours. And that, like I was saying earlier, men and women of God that are are in front of a multitude of people, it, you know that one one man or woman of God is being scrutinized. You know by depending on how many people are out there, three hundred people they're being scrutinized by six hundred eyeballs. Amen. And in 300 minds that are that are trying to point out um, every fall. I can't believe they wore those pants up there on that platform. And what is they what have they done with their hair? And I can't stand the sound of their voice. I mean, like, you know, people will just pick nitpick every little thing. And you have to be careful about that. But then also you need to understand that you need to receive them as the man or woman of God that they are whom God has assigned to his body. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read verses 11 through 13. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So these are gifts. And as I said, you know, in the introduction, If you hold to the view that everybody in the body of Christ is is the same, then you actually walk around in contempt for the very gifts that Christ left his church. And then therefore, you exempt yourself from maturity in the Lord, from growth in the Lord, and for the equipment that you need for everything that God has for you. You just exempt yourself. And you're never going to walk in all that God has for you because you hold in contempt the very gifts that Christ gave his church. I understand this is not a popular view in the Western world. I understand that not everybody is going to agree with this. But that's what the word of God says. And let's stick to the word. And you better learn how to honor. And you better learn. You know, it, it's amazing to me, like I said, people, I, I can't imagine, like, if I ever had an the audience, if you will, I wouldn't, don't want to call the audience because I wouldn't be the one talking. But if I was ever sitting in a room with 12 people and Brother Kenneth Copeland, I can promise you my mouth would remain shut and my ears would be open and I'd have a pad of paper and a pen, Right? If I sat down in a room with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown with 11 other people, I can promise you my mouth would remain shut. My ears would remain open and I'd have a pad of paper and a pen. Amen. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you, if I sat down in a room with 11 other people with Pastor Paula White Cain, my mouth would be shut and I'd have a pad of paper and a pen. If I sat down in a room with 11 other people, with Pastor Nancy Dufresne, trust me, you, my mouth would be shut, my ears would be open, and I'd have a pad of paper and a a pencil. Why? Because these are men and women of God that are doing it. They've been doing it. They have great success in doing what God has called them to do. And it's proof The proof is in their life, the way they live holy before God and before the people of God and the ministry and the impact they have, not just in a small realm, but a large realm, the world realm of Christianity. Amen? And so the reality is even if you got to know one of those people and and you you were afforded the opportunity to say meet with them once a month for, (laughs) you know, A year, I would still hold that same respect until they put the ball in my court for questions. If I wanted to ask questions or they asked me a question that they wanted me to answer. Do You see what I'm saying? We are not all the same. Verse, uh, well, let's go. According to Hebrews chapter 13, let, let me go there. In verse 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Let me say that again. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow, that would certainly not be for your benefit. Amen? Again, the Western church doesn't want to hear this. Well, they're, they don't lord over me. No, a good leader is never going to lord over you. We're instructed by Peter as leaders not to lord over. But you better obey what they say. I mean, you'll go to work for an utter heathen in a job 40, 50, <coughs> excuse me, hours a week. And you'll do what they say because you're going to get a paycheck. Surely, if the man or woman of God that's speaking on behalf for God tells you something, don't you think they deserve the honor for you to do what they say? Besides the fact they're going to be held accountable, and that's what I'm saying. You know, my church isn't set up that some board of of deacons or elders tells me what to do. I don't ask a board what we're going to do in the body of Christ, right? I don't even ask Rodney what we're going to do. And for some people, they would get a little bit out of shape about that. But the reality is the Lord is the one that called me to that long before Rodney and I were ever even married. And it's something he signed on to, and therefore we do this work together. I'm not saying I do this apart from him, and I'm not saying I don't tell him what, what we're going to do, and that he doesn't sometimes question and and sometimes put the reins on because I'm maybe moving ahead of, of what God says or whatever, you know. But the reality is God speaks to me to direct the ship, if you will, of kingdom increase the way that he wants me to do it. It's not, not you know, like I said last week, my calling from the Lord wasn't a conference call, nor did he ask for permission from a group of, or, of deacons or elders. Amen. And I sure as heck ain't going to run my church by people who spend less time in the word and less time in prayer who will not be accountable for the people the way that I'm going to be accountable. It says who will, who will be accountable to God as a spiritual leader, the one assigned to do this, to, to be the pastor over this church and the other things that God's called me to do. I'm the one that's going to be accountable. I'm not going to put that in the hands of other men and women. Amen. So we're not all the same. Your accountability is not going to be the same as mine. Amen. And so there's just no way people have to recognize and understand that. We're not all the same and we're not all going to be to whom much is given, much is expected. One called into the ministry as a gift to his own church. Jesus appointed me as a gift to his church. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to his church. I'm going to be accountable for that. I'm the one that's going to have to answer the Lord for that. In First Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 1, And now a word to you who are elders in the church. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you watch over it willingly not grudgingly not for what you will get out of it but because you are eager to serve God don't lord it over the people assigned to you care to your care but lead them by your own good example And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never ending glory and honor. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So right there he says, and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you address one another. Right? Be humble. I don't care. Even as a pastor, I don't lord over people. That's not my job. I'm not a micromanager. I don't need to know every detail of your life, right? My job is prayer in the ministry of the word and to do what I can to lead, feed, and protect um, the people that God has entrusted um, to me. Amen. But he clearly states here, That those of us that are called to those positions as leaders in the body of Christ, if we do our job well, we will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor, right? That is promised to those. There are different rewards depending on the work that we do, and because there's different accountabilities, again, to whom much is given, much is expected, amen? Now go with me to Luke chapter 7. Starting in verse 1, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said, for he loves the Jewish people. And even build a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my house, for I'm not worthy of such an honor. I'm not worthy to come. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. So see, Jesus teaches this here, that there are levels of authority in God's kingdom. And an actual Roman officer, he wasn't even a Jew, recognized this. And when we recognize this and we honor people for their place, their position, their place of authority, their office in God. One, that means that we have faith. Because that's what he said. I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. So when we know how to honor people property, that's telling the Lord we have faith. And you can't do nothing. We, You know, you can't please God without faith. And so when you honor the men and women of God in the place of authority and office they've been given by the Lord properly, then that tells the Lord you have faith. And now you're pleasing to him. And two, that sets you up and makes you right for a miracle to be done on your behalf, just like this um, Roman officer. Amen? And so these are things we have to understand because I know, like I said, for me, I always want to make sure I keep my heart right before men and women of God. Because the reality is if you're, if you're easily offended, you're going to have, you're going to be hard pressed in the body of Christ to sit with mature men and women of God who have no problem in telling you where you're going wrong, not because they don't like you, not because they're mad at you, and not because they think you're a loser, but because they want to help you. They want to help you. Remember the gifts that Christ gave his church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For what purpose? For the perfecting, it says in the Amplified uh, Classic. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, right? So that they could do the ministry and build up the body of Christ so you can't be perfected and you can't be equipped if you're not willing to be corrected and instructed amen it's just the way way that it is and you have to be careful you as a person in the body of Christ it's important that when you um, are in a service with your pastor You better honor them. You better be ready to receive from them, not just as, you know, a person, you know, uh, uh, hey, uh, that's Amanda just up there preaching. Yeah, I'm speaking for God. Amen. That's what Jesus said. If you'll receive a prophet as one who speaks for God. Amen. So receive the men and women of God like that. And if you do, then you won't, you won't find yourself in a place where you're actually walking around with contempt for the very gifts that Christ gave to his church, the very ones that he wants to use to equip you for everything that he has for you. Now, lastly, let's go over to the book of Joel, because it, I think many times we forget this. Like you see in, in various places some of the largest churches, I, I think the reason they're that large is because they have it set up <laughs> properly, right? And and I want I want to touch on this here from the perspective of what we actually are in the body of Christ. Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Sound the trumpet in Jerusalem, raise the alarm on my holy mountain, let everyone tremble in fear, because the day of the Lord is upon us. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep. "'Blackness, suddenly like dawn spreading across the mountains, a great and mighty army appears. "'Nothing like it has been seen before or will ever be seen again. "'Fire burns in front of them, and flames follow after them. "'Ahead of them the land lies as beautiful as the Garden of Eden. "'Behind them is nothing but desolation. Not one thing escapes. They look like horses.'" They charge forward like war horses, look at them as they leap along the mountaintops, listen to the noise they make like the rumbling of chariots, like the roar of fire sweeping across the field of stubble, or like a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all the people, every face grows pale with terror, the attackers march like warriors and scale city walls like soldiers, straightforward they march, never breaking rank. Straight forward they march, never breaking rank. They never jostle each other. Each moves in exactly the right position. They break through defenses without missing a step. They swarm over the city and run along its walls. They enter all the houses, climbing like thieves through the windows. The earth quakes as they advance, and the heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark, and the stars no longer shine. The Lord is at the head of the column. He leads them with a shout. This is his mighty army, and they follow his orders. Hallelujah. See, the body of Christ is called the mighty army of the Lord, and he is the head of that body. He is the head of the church. That's why I say, I didn't take my appointment as pastor from some... A body, some, you know, uh, regional superintendent of some denomination or some group of elders or deacons in a, in a body of Christ that don't even have a holy relationship with the Lord and haven't been called to the ministry. I don't, I wasn't assigned by them. I wasn't appointed to my office as pastor from them. I don't take my orders from them. Amen. I take my orders from the head of the church. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but the reality is, is that for you and I even, because I also know that my place, I don't think more highly of myself than I should. Amen. But we have to understand the body of Christ is the army of the Lord. We're not some country club. We're not some do gooder club, right? We are the army of the Lord led by Jesus Christ himself. Amen. And in order for us to work efficiently and always conquer the enemy, which is our birthright in Christ, which has already been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus and the power of his resurrection. If we're going to operate like that, then our churches need to be set up in the proper order. And we must make certain that as we as individuals sit in the body, I never once as a, can I just say this? Before I ever became a pastor, and I was in a church a really, really long time, set under a few different pastors, I never once, sitting in them pews, thought to myself, "I could do this job better than them." <laughs> I never thought that. First of all, I didn't even know I was called. I didn't even think I was called to be a pastor. I, I just knew I was called to the ministry, but I never thought that I'd actually be pastoring. Right? I never one time thought to myself, "I could do that better than them." Never one time did I think that. They were leading and they were leading well. And I honored them for that. I respected them, not just in my words, but also in my actions. I did everything I could to support the ministry, right? I was not only a tither and a giver in the ministry, but I served. And anywhere a need was that I could meet, I made sure I met it. And if I didn't think I could meet it, I'd find a way to meet it. Amen. Serve in any capacity I possibly could to make my pastor's jobs easier. Amen. And so I'm not just saying this because I am a pastor. I actually lived this out long before I ever even stepped into full-time ministry. Never one time did I think to myself, and I'm telling you right now, as, as 12 years into full-time ministry, I, st- I sit under great men and women of God in their meetings. And trust me, you, I never think to myself, I, I do a better job of them because one, I know that I don't. <laughs> And two, the fruit is very evident by their ministry. Amen. I want to receive from them. I am honoring them as the men and women of God that they are, whom God has assigned to be leaders in his body. I know my rank. And that's what it says here. Straightforward they march never breaking, breaking rank. They never jostle each other. Each moves in exactly the right position, meaning they never swerve themselves over into somebody else's lane and try to knock them out of the race. Amen? No. If you've ever seen, which I don't know what it's like today in America, because I'll tell you, it's kind of shameful our, our the way our military is um, now, but it wasn't like that. If you ever saw those any movies where there were military and you had those trainer trainees and um, boot camp and all that, they were running. Now, why do you think they sung? They kept cadence, and if they didn't keep cadence, right, the left, right, left, right, left, they were in some serious trouble, right? They didn't move into the to next to the person to the right or the person to the left. No, each moved in exactly the right position in the exact same cadence, right? One, two, one. Two, one, two, one, two. Right? They did everything together. They did push-ups together in the exact same cadence, right? Do you understand this? And so the body of Christ works so much better. How is it that you have have churches in in places um, in, in Africa that are like 2 million people and they continue to grow every single year with new people born again and people getting plugged in and discipled? Because they got it right. They got it in order. And no, you know, and it's important that you understand this. And if you get the opportunity to be in close fellowship with a, a, another man or woman of God. Now, this is speaking to ministers here for a minute. And even not just ministers, really to anybody, but ministers um, especially, because they can oftentimes in the Western world tend to be the worst about it. All of a sudden they step into ministry and they think they know it all. They're all that in a box of chocolates. You know, you can't tell them anything. You got nothing to help them. They don't respect you at all, you know. And so don't be like that. And if you get the opportunity to have a relationship that moves into a, a, a greater place of more of a friendship and a fellowship, don't lose your honor for that man or woman of God. Because the moment your familiarity turns into contempt, you're done. The relationship will be done and you've got nothing to receive from them. They cannot help you anymore because you you chose not to honor them. Now it can be done, I see it all the time in men and women of God who are highly anointed and yet refuse to break their rank. They never try to jostle somebody else out of a higher position. They stay where they're called. Amen? They stay in their lane. You should say that. Stay in my lane. I'm going to stay in my lane. Amen? Like, let's just look at this for a minute. So I just looked this up. So this was on the United States Army um, website. Because I never remember the names of officers. So the lowest ranking are your enlisted ranks and they perform specific job functions that ensure the success of their unit's current mission, all right? So usually their work is extremely limited because their skill set is limited, and they have specific job functions. In the enlisted ranks, you have sergeants who have authority over a team, which is four soldiers, and then you have staff sergeants who have authority over what's called a squad, which is 8 to 16 soldiers. Then in between there, you have what's called warrant officers. And so, I don't quite understand this one as much. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but it said that they administer, manage, maintain, operate, and integrate systems and equipments across the full spectrum of operations. So, I don't exactly know what their positions are. But let's go from enlisted ranks up to the top, which are the officers. And the officers' responsibilities are to plan missions, give orders, and assign soldiers their task, right? So there's no way that you take a sergeant down here who's over has authority over a team of four soldiers and think in any way fashionable. There you, I mean, you'd have to be an utter moron, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I mean, people ought to use their brain. There's no way you could take a sergeant who has authority over a team of four soldiers and think that they are the same. As a a three star lieutenant general who is over a corps, which is 20 to 40,000 people, not even the same. The authority is different because the responsibility is different, right? Authority basically means responsibility. And the more authority you have means the more responsibility you have. So no, we aren't all the same. Yes, we should respect and love one another right within the body of Christ. Treat one another as you would want to be treated. But if you refuse to honor men and women of God in the position, again, Paul says, I magnify my office. I'm pretty sure that was written uh, to the Corinthians because I thought I, I was reading it. Um, recently. I should have looked it up, but I forgot to do that before we got started because he had to remind them, excuse me, you might have a lot of teachers, but you don't have a lot of fathers. I am your father in faith. You wouldn't even be in the faith if it weren't for me. And I don't care who these arrogant people are and what they're saying. Trust me, you, if and when I get to Corinth in person, I will set them straight, (laughs) basically. He said, I magnify my office. And Paul wasn't arrogant and he wasn't full of pride. Amen. But he knew his office because that was the assignment. He was appointed by the head of the church, Jesus Christ himself. If you want to walk in a greater measure of authority in the body of Christ, if you want to walk in a greater measure of power, in the in operation of the gifts of the spirit, then you need to learn how to honor people. And I don't care if it's somebody that you've known for 30 years. If God assigns them and appoints them an office in his body, you better honor them for that office. So let's go, like I said, in those, uh, let me just do this real quick and I'm going to wrap this up. And then listed ranks, you have sergeants, which are over teams, of four soldiers, staff sergeants who are over squads of 8 16 soldiers. Then you move into the officers. You have lieutenants who are over platoons, which are 16 to 44 soldiers. Then you have captains who are over a company, which is 60 to 200 soldiers. Then you have lieutenant colonels who are over battalions of 300 to 1,000 soldiers. Then you have uh, colonels who are over brigades, which are 1,500 to 3,200 soldiers. Then you have major generals who are over divisions, which are 10,000 to 16,000 soldiers. And then you have lieutenant generals who are three-star generals who are over corps, twenty to 40,000. And then you have over that a general and uh of the the general of the whole army as, as a whole, right? Four-star and five-star um, generals too. But do you see that? Now, if the United States of America's military can understand the importance of having ranks of authority and that we should honor people in those ranks, how much more especially this end time church of Jesus Christ that we're going to usher in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are the army of the Lord with the Lord Jesus Christ at the head. And he leads us with a shout. How much more should we understand that we should march straight ahead, straightforward, never breaking rank, not trying to push somebody out of their position that's higher than us and move exactly in the right position, staying in our lane so that we can reach havoc on the enemy's kingdom amen come on we've got to understand the reason behind why we must look at ourselves as a body of Christ and even local churches should look uh, should look at themselves like that we're armies and churches in order to be effective and have true authority over the kingdom of God need to operate that way and as believers and members of the body of Christ Don't let familiarity breed contempt. Don't let the more that you know about your pastor or about your prophet or about your apostle or about your teacher or about the evangelist. Don't let the more you know about them make you dishonor them or think less of them or like them less. They still are human, but they've been appointed by God and you best honor them. (laughs) accordingly. Amen. I think this is important because I've seen this a lot. And I know, like I said, for me, I always make sure I keep my heart right. And what I know or what I see that doesn't seem right, I I try not to allow that to cloud my vision of men and women of God. Because one, I know that I'm not perfect. And I know there's not going to be one person that's going to be totally perfect. And even if they were, we still would find something wrong. I mean, look at Jesus. He was perfect. <laughs> and they found something wrong with him. Amen? So don't let your familiarity with the men and women of God whom God has assigned over you as leaders. And if, you, if you're if you sitting in a church with a pastor that you can't respect because you know their life ain't respectful, then why are you still sitting in that church? If you're sitting in a church that's run by a board of deacons and elders that do not live and they have not been assigned that place, right? To control what the pastor's doing or saying or whatever. They weren't called to do that. That's not, that's not how things should run. Why are you still there? If you want to be effective, if you want to have authority over the enemy in your life, and you want to be an effective member of the body of Christ, find yourself a church that's got themselves in order and understands this, that honors the people in the body of Christ for just being other believers, respecting one another, loving one another, and being humble towards one another, but also knows how to honor the leaders that Christ Jesus himself has appointed in that body. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well... Let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for the truth that's in your word. Sometimes truths that we don't necessarily like, and many times, many believers don't even, they don't even agree with it because they just refuse to agree with what your word says because, well, they just will not submit themselves. At any rate, Father, let us always remain humble. Holy Spirit, be quick to point out to us anytime time pride or arrogance starts to rise within our heart. And don't let it come out of our mouth. Hold our tongue. Amen. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father God, for every person that continues to listen to the ministry of the word through me that you've called me to do. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to do things like podcasts and get your word out in this way. I pray your blessing upon them. Show them, Father God, if people are listening to this and they know they need to get out of a body because things are not right and, and they need to be someplace else. Show them, let them have the courage and faith in you that if they will just go, that their life will get so much better and they will find out new things about you and new things about themselves and begin to walk at higher levels in you. I give you glory, Father God. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth in your word. I thank you for your faithfulness to us. For you, Lord, are good and your mercy endures forever. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, again, it's been great to be with you all today. I'll be back on Wednesday.